Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Woohoo! It is Labor Day weekend. It is that big last break before the next big uh, festival time. Starting school, um, having the little break, or starting school after the break. It signals the beginning of the sports season, although that's kind of changed a little bit. Car races and fall. It anticipates family outings and special concerts and patriotic expressions and travel. It even tells us what not to wear. No white after Labor Day. But as we think about Labor Day and what we culturally accept as the activities and the understanding, the history that shaped this day didn't have a lot in common with how we really celebrate it. We do live, though, in its um, results. Historically, we were recovering from the devastation of the Civil War and demands for labor laws, unions, more equitable pay hours, and conditions were being demanded. In the post-Civil War era, there was confusion, obviously, There were many material demands. There was business opportunities galore, and and recovery was great. Expansion was on on a roll, and political activism was also a part of all of that. There was, uh, from Europe, a whole movement of socialism, of anarchist socialism, which uh, even endorsed violence to get attention to change society. We had greater international prestige because we did abolish slavery. The war was won on behalf of what was right and good. And all of the world had been sort of, at least the cultural world or the, the um, civilized world in Europe, had been poised to move back into the new world, back into America. Um, there, were, there were campaigns in Mexico, in Cuba, and in Central America, South America, and even Russia was um, active because it still owned Alaska. And the British and the French were also thinking about America and Canada. So when all of that changed, when we, the war was settled and Um, slavery was abolished, all of that changed, and America was seen as a great power. There was also a great influx of people coming from Europe and moving to America and particularly to the cities. Life in the cities was difficult, long hours, low pay, in many cases, poor working conditions. It was a real time of upheaval in the world, If we look at that time, everything was changing from nobility and empires to rights and republics, bolstered by America that rose from the ashes of the Civil War. Everybody got a shot in the arm to identify with the republic, with individual citizens and individuals who had value and worth. In fact, President Lincoln said in his second inaugural address, with malice toward none, with charity for all, with firmness in the right, as God gives us to see the right, let us strive on to finish the work we are in, to bind up the nation's wounds, to care for him and who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his children, 
to do all which may achieve and cherish a just and lasting peace among ourselves and with all nations. Today also, along with Labor Day weekend, is the 73rd anniversary of VJ Day, victory over Japan, when World War II ended the Pacific conflict on September 2nd, 1945. And I connected with a father who was very much embroiled in that. He had not seen my oldest brother for two years because he was in the Pacific somewhere. And he actually told us that there was that um, anticipation that they were going to continue having to fight for a long time because it had gotten down to hand-to-hand kinds of skirmishes and warfare because the the Japanese were so entrenched and they were even preparing... um, in Japan itself for every man, woman, and child to take up whatever weapon they could and fight to the death. But everything changed. And in that surrender of Japan on the USS Missouri, General Douglas MacArthur said these words, It is my earnest hope, and indeed the hope of all mankind, that from this solemn occasion a better world shall emerge out of the blood and carnage of the past. A world founded upon faith and understanding, a world dedicated to the dignity of man and the fulfillment of his most cherished wish for freedom, tolerance, and justice. And it's interesting that whenever we have been in conflicts, major conflicts like that, we have participated not in vengeful activities post-war. We have worked to make sure that we establish that nation as a prosperous nation again. We help them reestablish themselves. And we work out of a motivation of grace. In 1954, Dr. Abram, Abraham Harold Maslow, many of you were probably familiar with that name because you took a psychology course, and in that psychology course, you came across this information from... Uh, this doctor who was a psychologist who studied positive human qualities in the lives of exemplary people. He created a chart after studying all that called the hierarchy of human needs. He maintained that each person wanted to meet their highest potential or be self-actuated. Growing up in the 60s and 70s, that phrase self-actualization was used. I don't hear it used as much, but I did ask Um, a a college student, a psych major, if they still looked at Maslow's um, chart. And she said, yes, they do. They do still study that. Because it was accurate in this sense that it identified a person's basic needs and that they must be fulfilled. Needs of a physiological nature, um, safety, love, belonging, and esteem. Well, as helpful as this chart is to itemize and organize uh, human existence and work and struggle, God has a much better one. It's the cross. The word of God and the work of Christ. Instead of us reaching up to hopefully find our worth, to evolve or to discover our destiny by our own efforts, God has come to us and met us right where we are. 
as we've sung in this service, as we've begun the worship with confession, we have to be honest with ourselves that we are limited. But God understands our limitations. And in his grace and mercy and love, he has planned something different for us. We read this morning in that Genesis account from the beginning in creation, the magnificent God of gods and the Lord of lords created our world, formed us from the dust, the dirt of the earth, and breathed into us an eternal soul. He surrounded us with a magnificent world. He provided for all of our physical needs, gave us a purpose, and loved us in a personal way. And when he looked at what he had created, he said it was good. And when he looked at mankind, he said it was very good. Then sin and disobedience separated us from him and all that he provided. But he made a promise to restore what had been lost because we were going to be unable to do that. And Jesus came to fulfill that promise and finished that work. The cross becomes greater than just providing for our human needs, although God is always telling us in the Word that He knows that we are dust. He knows what our physical needs are. He's ready as a loving Father to provide for us if we just call upon Him. And how many times we prayed the Lord's Prayer, and do we really... Say those prayers, those words in that prayer with that kind of acknowledgement and dependence and trust that the holy God is going to supply our needs. King David said, I've never seen one who is trusting the Lord go hungry. And yet, we even read in the gospel today about disciples who were with the very Jesus, God himself, And they were worried about their stomachs more than they worry about someone who was without the gospel. The cross becomes greater than just providing for our human needs. When Jesus asked his disciples about his physical needs, was asked by his disciples about physical needs and food, this is what he said. The food that keeps me going is that I do the will of my Father, the one who sent me, finishing the work, the work he started. I'm telling you to open your eyes and take a good look at what's right in front of you. It's harvest time. The cross is preparing us for our resurrection, for our eternity, for the new heaven and the new earth. By faith in him as Savior and Lord, we're transformed. And so is that trajectory of our life and the work of our hands. We know that God purposed Adam and Eve to do a work, to manage the earth, to enjoy what was given to them. He wanted to bless them. And every day God is encouraging us to remember that he is the one who blesses. He is the one who pours out blessing on us. But he waits for us to be receptive. And he asks us, will you receive what I have prepared for you? It's available. By faith in Christ, we are invited to walk and talk with God, the God of the universe, living in thankfulness, letting it spill over 
into lives around us. It's been said that people work an average of 47 hours a week. I think probably that's more. People are working long hours, but they're working different hours. I see people at Starbucks sitting and doing all kinds of work remotely. That's their office. And I think that's repeated from homes and all kinds of places where people are making a living and making connections and trying to find their way in the world, trying to leave something behind, trying to make something for themselves and their family. All of those things are notable. But at a certain point, we lay those things down. And at a larger vision, a larger dimension, all those things will be gone. So what will we invest ourselves in? The scripture tells us to lay up treasures in heaven. Where there's not a moth and there's not rust and there's not a thief that breaks in. Those treasures that are kept pure and holy by the holy God. Laying up treasures. Letting our faith become real wherever we are, whatever we're doing. This one sows, that one harvests. I sent you to harvest a field you never worked without lifting a finger. You walked in on a field worked long and hard by others. Many people have come before us in the world. Many people have come before us in Christianity. But we are here in this moment in time. And we have an invitation to step into what God has planned for us in this time. Today we come. Thank God today for his saving work in Jesus Christ. Thank him for the work he gives to each of us to live and communicate this absolute hope to the world. And we do it in so many ways. But God is wanting to be in the midst of our thoughts, of our attitudes, of our work. God always finishes what he starts. I can't always say that about me, but I know God, when he perfects, when he purposes something, He takes it all the way through. He that has begun a good work in you and me will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. We are getting ready to stand and see everything revealed. Had a conversation with an elder after our meeting and talking about the concern of saying, you know, having your children move on and being separated from them in school and, and all of that that swirls around and the concern that we don't know anything more than right now and that God is a loving God and is providing for us. Today may be the day that he returns. Today may be the day that he calls us home. Today is the day that he's given us. And where will we be? What will we be doing? What will we be saying? What will we be thinking? What will, be, what will we be responding to? God is finishing a good work in you and me. In this congregation, in the front of the bulletin every Sunday is the vision. And the vision here is to build a vibrant community of disciples who share the deep and wide love of Christ in the church, community, and the world. When that woman came to the well by herself because no one wanted to be around her because she was living a life that no one wanted, Jesus was there. And in that moment spoke to her in such a way that touched her heart. 
and changed her. And his very disciples, who were worried more about their stomachs than the gospel, this woman left that well after those disciples came back and made her feel uncomfortable and returned to the village and began sharing about the person she had met that had changed her life, this Messiah. And as a result, people came out. Who will finish the work of the Lord that's been given? Who is up to the challenge? Let him finish his good work in you and in this congregation so that Colossians 3.17 becomes an every moment reality. And that verse says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the Lord Jesus. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. If the Lord Jesus Christ has captivated your mind and heart, if he has changed your life, if he has transformed you from the inside out, he gives you a fresh invitation today to trust him, to believe beyond your circumstances, to believe beyond your resources and limitations. As wonderful as all of those things may be, God is greater. And all of the things that we can see that stand in the way, God is greater. And today he invites us to step in to God's greatness to his invitation into the person of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross and be all that God has intended for you to be. As you come, come thankful, come willing, come surrendered, come joyful because that's what captivates people is a reality of giving thanks and praise to the one who deserves it for eternity. May you be blessed as you discover every moment what he has planned for you in Christ Jesus. The peace that passes all under human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus now and forever. Amen. We receive our offering.
Friends, I invite you to stand with me as we join together in declaring our Christian faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe believe in God, the Father Almighty, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Before we dismiss, a reminder that we're going to exit this way through uh, the, the purple curtain area into the worship hall for some ice cream bars and popsicles and a chance to uh, uh, socialize a little bit. And as you go from this place, friends...